hello and welcome to the Pelican Project Podcast. I'm Crystal. And I'm Kelly. We want to welcome you and invite you to pull up a chair to our table. Catholic Life Happens Here. Join the conversation. So this particular podcast will come out after Christmas, but we're still sitting here two weeks before Christmas recording it. So Kelly, what are you doing for Christmas this year? We are, so our whole family gathers along the Eastern seaboard from Boston all the way down to Alabama. So this year we are renting a and b down in Panama City Beach. We're going all going south because my sister-in-law is going to be having a baby in January and she's very pregnant. So we didn't want her to travel too much um, or too far because she's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Anytime now, um, little baby Margot. So pray for, um, I love the name. I know me too. Pray for my sister-in-law. So yeah, we're going to go down there. And then I just, I pack up all the food. I pre cook all the food, pack it all up and we'll head down. My mom and dad are flying in from Boston. Um, yeah, we'll all be together. So awesome. What do you guys do? Awesome. So we, we did our traveling, um, for Thanksgiving and we traveled actually up North to Ohio with the family and, um, kind of did our Thanksgiving Christmas combo to kick things right before Advent kick things off. So we're actually going to be staying home and just having a nice quiet Christmas with just us. So nice. I'm actually very much looking forward to a little downtime yeah. to be honest with you. So, yeah, no, honestly, like I seem to take point. I head up leading the Christmas charge. I have two brothers. The traveling hostess. Yeah, I'm the traveling hostess. And my brothers are like, no. And one of my brothers actually can't make it. My We're going to go down and see my other brother. But um, my mom and dad will come down and the kids. And yeah, like I take point on it. Everybody's super helpful if I'm like, hey, can you do this or can you do that? But there has to be like one one person. So I'm the one, you know, setting the alarm, waking up early, making the breakfast before everyone gets up. So, But I, I prefer that. Um, I like to stay busy. But then after Christmas, everyone's like, oh, that was so great. And I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. So, I'm exhausted from being a mom. Now I need a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, and then you know, Fred. Of course, when the kids are opening presents, Santa's like, "Oh my goodness, we got you that." <laughs> the gift for kids. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Love I mean, it. not that I didn't tell him five times. It's just you know, I didn't quite make it in. Yeah. I mean, when I'm talking about things for little girls, he's like, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Just smile and nod. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Arts and crafts stuff. He's, you know, he loves it. And they, but he's. He loves that they love it. He but... loves that they love it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So, yeah. so this week after, after Christmas is you kind of start thinking it, you know, towards the end of the year, wrapping up the calendar year, if you will. Um, you start thinking about the next year and, you know, new year's resolutions inevitably start coming up and, you know, you, you start reflecting on the past year, things you like to do differently next year. So we've kind of come up with this list of, possible resolutions for everybody to kind of think over and reflect on and see if it's something that they want to take on. Right. Yes. I would market that differently. I would say 
fabulous resolutions that you <laughs> need to adopt. Because you need to do. Are, yes. No, absolutely. They are great gifts to your family. Absolutely. hundred percent. And looking down this list, there's, you know, there's for everybody, even if, for me, definitely. There's a couple of things on here that I'm absolutely loving and will uh, definitely, definitely be incorporating in my new year. So the first one, family spiritual adoption. Family. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, on our website, pelicanprojectministry.org, we have a um, family spiritual adoption guide that you can download. So uh, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen he shared a beautiful prayer on spiritual adoption. And the idea behind it is that we as, as individuals or as families can pray for an unborn child who is in danger of um, being aborted. Our parents are struggling. They might be abortion-minded. There is pressure to abort. Um, and so the idea with Fulton Sheen was that we need to surround these families in prayer um, for for the well-being of of the baby and mom and dad. And this is an awesome. Normally it's done, you know, it's an individual thing most most of the time adopted by uh, adults, but our family guide allows you to do this with your kids, which is beautiful because it you're just communicating with your kids that hey, like we are praying there is somebody who just got pregnant today and they're a little scared to journey into parenthood. So we're going to support this family and we're going to pray every single day for this little baby. And the prayer is like two sentences. And our suggestion is taking this prayer, printing it out, putting it up by a, you know, your coffee maker or something, someplace you're going to see it every single day, pray it as a family. And, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week, um, as we kind of share our dignity of, of the unborn bundle, but I think it's a really great way to teach your kids that there's incredible power in prayer and to start those really important conversations about the personhood of the unborn. So I think this is a absolute fabulous New Year's resolution and our family. No, I absolutely love it because you know the excitement that kids get when they find out that someone is pregnant and just yeah. the anticipation and excitement. So to sort of show them that not only do we get excited over, you know, mom or, or sister or somebody in the family having a baby, but everyone having a baby deserves that excitement and that we should be excited for that new life and support. And yeah. And I think it also helps the conversation of this is not, you know, being quote unquote pro-life is being pro, it's pro-family, pro-motherhood, pro-fatherhood. Um, and you know, kids are obviously, you're not going to know who you're praying for, but this is also a really neat way to say like, God takes your prayers and he knows who you're praying for. Like he has in a very intimate way, connected your prayers with a very special baby and family. So it's just, it's beautiful. It teaches your kids so much. So that's number one, New Year's resolution, family, spiritual adoption guide. Absolutely. Number two, weekly pray, grow and serve devotional. Yeah. So you Where might can they find that, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> you may not know, or as my Fiona says, did you not know um, <laughs> that every single week we release a devotional that is for both parents and kids. Um, all of them, they, the entire liturgical year for 2023 is available. Um, we've already kind of stepped into this new liturgical year with Advent, but they 
release every Sunday. And it's just this little bite-sized conversation that you can have with your child about some aspect about the dignity of the human person. Um, So if you are not receiving these, if you are not tracking this, if you are not a part of our community, pull up a chair to our table and go to our website, pelicanprojectministry.org and sign up. Yeah. So you can find um, the children's weekly pray, grow um, and serve bundle, like Kelly said, uh, for the entire liturgical year. So for all you parents who like to plan ahead, this one's for you. Um, (laughs) And you can find that in the toolbox on our website. But if you sign up, to get our weekly emails. Um, you'll not only receive each week's pray, grow, and serve there, but you'll also receive a little reflection um, based on that topic for parents. So highly recommend checking that out and signing up for that so you don't miss a thing. And then you'll receive it, you know, um, you'll receive those reflections on Sunday, usually, is when you'll have that so that you'll be prepared for the following week. Yeah. Awesome. So. Resolution number three, the monthly community service as a family. I like dun, dun, dun. Or liturgical season, yes. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Yes. Right. Community service project. Community service. You know, and this one, this is the one that I pioneer. I love this is something that is right up my alley. And there are some of my friends that are like, oh, Kelly, this is not possible for everyone. I'm like, no, but it is but it is. And it is you just because what is important, you know, like what works for my family doesn't necessarily work for the family next door, but something does. There is something somewhere that the Holy Spirit is inviting your family to serve in a very intentional way. Like we are required to live out our faith in service to others. So, um, I think this, this is a great time of year to sit down with your family and to say, Hey, like we're going to be intentional with serving with our hands and feet and hands and feet of Christ and have a conversation with your kids about what kind of service projects would you like to do? Um, so we have, there's a ministry here in Columbia, South Carolina, it's called clean of heart and they do shower, a shower ministry for the homeless. And I'm actually bringing my teen youth group down there, um, on a day that they're actually not doing showers because I don't, you know, I don't know the logistics of all that, but we're going to walk through and it's just such a great experience to open, open your family's eyes to the needs of others. Um, it builds gratitude. Um, you know, how many of our teens are grateful for a hot shower and warm bed? Maybe not all of them, but when you're, when you're actually in the throes of this ministry, you know, you start to have and change your perspective. So, um, it introduces your family to different, um, different, um, different ministries, but there's also, you know, gentler things that you can do. Um, like at our parish here, I mean, obviously we're on a military installation. There is a ministry that puts together rosary packets for troops. So, you know, even if you're, if you're kind of an introvert and you don't, feel necessarily comfortable to get out or you have little littles and it's not always feasible, you can do things in your home that's ministry related and it's community service. So we've brought in these rosary packs and we just sit around the table and the kids just pack them and then we deliver them and we just say a prayer as a family about, um, you know, for the troops who are going to receive these. Yeah. So so many options, allow it to be a conversation with your kids and then schedule it. Yes. Make the time. 
Make the put time. It on the calendar. Calendar. Yeah. Absolutely. But then it's also a wonderful way to kind of research what's available in your community that you didn't know was there before. Such a good point. Awesome. All right. Number four resolution, commit to eating dinner as a family. Of course. I know this is something you do every night and I do too. Um, you know, I mean, every night that's when we have a meeting or something. I mean, 85% of the time we're eating dinner together as a family, which we're very thankful for for a long time. I mean, my husband has gone a lot, um, your husband deployed a lot. So there was a lot, lot of times that you didn't, you weren't able to do so. Yeah. And we, we, you know, of course it's when you can, maybe if it's something that, you know, work schedules or whatever, you're not able to do. Maybe if you just commit to once a week and it doesn't necessarily have to be dinner. If you're all home at breakfast time, have a bowl of cereal together, all sitting at the table at the same time. Um, you know, you can start small, but I cannot understate or overstate how important it is just to gather as a family. Um, you know, we talk about on this podcast all the time, the dignity of the human family, God's plan for the human family. And when we gather as, as people in communion and in the intimacy of family life, it just, it's so healthy and nourishing. Um, it's much harder to stay angry at one another, to hold grudges. You know, like it's just, you know, you, you force yourself, you know, my dad always said this to me and it, it was very interesting. He grew up in a very large home, he said. Um, and he's, and he's, he always said, I, he never wanted a big house and we do not have a big house growing up. We had a, a very cozy, but a smaller home. And, you know, as kids were like, Oh, we want a big house. We want to live in a mansion, you know, like, like that would ever happen. Um, and he said, I would never, even if I had enough money, I would never want to live in, in a big house because it was easy to go into a room and to and never see another never member. Never see anyone else. Yeah. And it, you weren't forced into the hard stuff and it's the hard stuff of family life that allows you to grow in virtue and understanding and, and really press into the love and mercy of Christ. And, you know, so, you know, not to knock anyone with big, big house. Cause if you do, I'm sure it's lovely and beautiful, but <laughs> right, it is an invitation to have an intentional um, moment each day where you gather and, and you're eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. And just, yeah. Talk about the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so kind of going with that or, you know, taking from that is number five, share a meal with someone else and build your community. Yes. So this kind of, um, this speaks directly to one of our favorite quotes by Mother Teresa that often we draw the circle of family too small. So as we're stepping, you know, off of the resolution to commit to eating dinner as a family, our next step is to recognize that sometimes um, our family extends beyond that which is biologically dictated. Um, our neighbor is is in a very unique and beautiful way, our family, our parish community, our school community. Um, so, you know, this is not to say you need a host and you need to, you know, spend money. This is, this is about invitation. And this is about... Um, people feeling a sense of belonging. You know, we talk about the reality that we are created for communion and we desire to be seen, known, and loved. And what better way to feel seen, known, and loved than to be invited to a, a Sunday meal at somebody's home? You know, um, even if you know, it could be potluck, it could be, you know, anything to to reduce the maybe financial burden if, if that's a limitation right now. Um, but this story 
sticks with me. My brother, um, and I, I don't think he listens to this podcast, but I should tell him he should listen to this one because he told me this story and it really stuck with me. Um, he had moved into a new home around the COVID time. They had been there maybe for like nine months, him, his wife, my sister-in-law and their little one. And one of the, the afternoons he was outside doing some yard work and there was an older woman who kind of looked over the fence from the next house. And he was like, Oh, hi, like, are you my neighbor? You know? And she was elderly and she was like, Oh, hi. Yeah. You know, um, I'm so-and-so and they introduced each other. And, and my brother was like, Hey, you know, if you ever need any help around your house, like if you need anything, let us know because he, he recognized she was there alone. And he said, I'll go ahead and just write down my, my name and number and throw it in your mailbox. And just so you have it and you can reach out anytime. So my brother says he, things, life happened, things got busy. You know, you're living out of the house, zoom meetings every day from the house, you know, they're in this COVID lockdown. And one morning, like a few weeks later, they remember like, oh man, we never gave her our name and number. So I think my sister-in-law like jotted down an index card, ran over, put it in the mailbox. And not too long after that, maybe it was like a day or two later, there was a man on the other side of the fence, a younger man. And he introduced himself to my brother who was outside and said, you know, like, hey, thanks so much for sharing your information with my mom. And my brother was like, yeah, no problem. And he said, you know, unfortunately she, she passed away. And, oh, I just think about that. My brother was like, man, like I wasn't the neighbor that I could have been or wanted to be because I let my stuff just all the, all the details, all the distraction, distraction, great word. I let that get in the way of letting her know that she wasn't alone and that I actually genuinely did care and want to help. And so for that reason, you know, I, I just think about don't wait until tomorrow. Like your house does not have to look perfect. To be honest, when I walk into somebody's perfect home and I'm like, uh oh, like kids don't touch anything. <laughs> like, please allow your house to look very, very much more comfortable <laughs> if there's if things out of place. If there's dishes in the sink, thank you. Thank you. I feel better. I feel better. I, I will help you do the dang dishes. I love doing, you know, dishes and, and just being and rolling up my sleeves and being in the throes of it. But, you know, my house is far from perfect. So I feel immediately more comfortable when somebody invites me over and just into the fold of like of their life. And, you know, they're not putting on a show. They're just inviting me into who they are. And so that's what we're encouraging people to do. If we're going to truly honor the dignity of the human person and the dignity of family, um, we have to recognize that um, we have to open up our arms and invite people in and show people how to do that. And who better to do that than, than great, faithful Catholic families living our faith? And speaking of, so just um, something even on a, a smaller scale to give you an idea of how lovely it is to have that invitation. So um being that it is about Christmas time, I have um, a neighbor. We came home yesterday from youth group and there was a little box on our um, right in front of our door. We had missed our neighbors who were dropping off uh, homemade cookies for Christmas. That's so sweet. And it's just, yeah, like a little, like just getting to know you, just, you know, making yourself known to your neighbor and, and a little gift. And it doesn't have to be much, just... I thought it was really sweet. And I'm like, I missed her. So definitely on my list this week of (laughs) up with my neighbor. Right. Right. Um, Okay. 
Number six of our new resolutions, monthly family confession. Monthly family. Okay, so everything on this list, (laughs) everything on this list we've kind of talked about like, we were saying monthly, but really we were saying like, okay, um, share a meal with someone else. We're encouraging families to do that each liturgical season. season, yeah. So sometimes it can be too much to be like, oh, I'm going to do this monthly. I mean, you know. Sometimes you feel like I just did that. Yeah, it's a a race to keep up. Life is busy. We get it. But it's kind of neat when you think about making resolutions for each liturgical season. I mean, um, yeah, each liturgical season because you can plan ahead and say, okay, how can I honor Advent in this time of preparation? Like, who can I invite over? Like, what what does that meal look like? What does that day look like? And the same for Lent and then then ordinary times um, around, around those seasons of preparation. So it really encourages you to live the rhythm of the Catholic liturgical life, which is how and who you're created to live. So um, I think that that is a neat way to do most of these resolutions with the exception of family confession. I do believe that's monthly um, because it is so important for your kids. I think sometimes when we're talking about the dignity of the human person, and we we write about this. I think it's in Lent that we we do this. We talk about um, you know our desire to be seen, known, and loved. But sometimes when our gaze is on the world and not on heaven, and we um, we are objectified within the world, sometimes to be seen is to be the sum of our sins, or to be seen is to be full of shame. And so a lot of us kind of we we pull in and we hide because we don't want to be seen. And confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, um, like scream to your children every day. And I mean, scream with love and joy and and (laughs) rejoicing that we are worthy of forgiveness because God says we are like, that's it. We are worthy of forgiveness because God says we are, and he desires to give us the gift of forgiveness. And so having monthly family confession, it kind of, you know, especially if you have teens and they're struggling and they, you know, there's there's certain sins within family life that can be, you know, especially in today's culture, struggling with, you know, promiscuity or pornography or just, um, you know, those type of sins that seem to foster um, feelings of shame more than others. And it's kind of this like secrecy of like, I quietly have this temptation and nobody knows it. And you're, you know, you're full of, of um, just feeling shameful because that's what the devil, you know, wants for you. He's the accuser and the deceiver, right? So um, when you encourage intentional family confession, not only are you telling your child how worthy they are for God's forgiveness because God desires to give it to them, but you also help your child understand what sin is. It's not this, we're not just living this book of rules um, where some things are okay and some things are not. We're living and we're supposed to and invited to live in relationship with God where we say, Lord, you love me so much. I trust you and I trust your will for my life. And when you sin, you say, not your way, God, my way. And so you allow your kids to understand what sin is in the context of God's love for you and eternity, the gift of salvation and what that looks like when you say, not your God, not your way, God, my way. So I just think this is so healthy for so many different reasons. It's healthy for your spiritual life, um, but it's also healthy to have your kids have um, have a perspective of what sin is 
and why um, why we need to be so vigilant in avoiding sin, avoiding that which may lead us to sin, and immediately and with urgency going to confession when we fall into sin and not feeling shame, but desiring forgiveness. Right. And the more often you go, number one, it tends to start getting a little easier to go. And then the more often you go, you're less likely to think like you're a little bit more proactive when it comes to those temptations. Like I just went and confessed this last month. I don't want to have to go this yeah. month and confess it's it again. Like, it's easier when you only when you're only doing it like every several months or every year or what have you. It's like, oh, you know, you only have to say it one time. But when you go every month and you don't want to be that person that t- yeah. <laughs> you try a little harder when it, that temptation is there to to not to not commit that sin. And the only way we can live a life that God is asking us to live is with the life of Christ within us, the gift that, you know, the Holy spirit burning within us. And when we go to confession, we are making sure that, you know, we, we have a healthy relationship with our Lord. We're not severing that relationship, but also that the life of Christ within us gives us the strength and virtue to stand up against these temptations. So you're arming your family, you're arming your children, you're protecting them by bringing them to confession. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Number seven, build a relationship with your local pregnancy center. Yeah. So this is very specific. Um, When most people think about pro-life ministry, they think immediately of being, um, of it surrounding the abortion conversation, protecting the unborn. Um, which very much it is just because it is such a prominent issue. Uh, one in four women by the age of 45 are going to have an abortion in the United States um, statistically. So this just by the numbers is a very immediate um, issue that all of us need to roll up our sleeves and somehow support uh, families who are experiencing unplanned pregnancy. So building a relationship with your local pregnancy center can look like um, a financial relationship. It certainly can look like just making sure, keeping in your your Sunday prayers as a family, um, praying for the families who go and who link into this particular pregnancy center, calling them up and asking like, Hey, what are you low on? I'm running to the grocery store. What size diapers you low on? It just, it allows you to be mindful of the needs of others. And that pregnancy resource center, let me tell you, both of us have worked at a pregnancy resource center. It is a spiritual battle every single day. Absolutely. So to have the support of the community, um, not only allows you to do your job well, but it also like the people who work at these centers need your prayers because it's easy to go astray, um, with your thoughts and with your, you know, just because it's such spiritual warfare. So, um, yeah, just build a a very literal relationship with the people at your local pregnancy center. Absolutely. Number eight. I like this one litany of humility. I love this prayer. Me too. I was first introduced to it. Not, not too long ago, considering I'm 40 and I just started praying it. So, you know, a few years, mm-hmm. um, it is such a beautiful prayer. The reason why it's on our list is because the graces that come from intentionally praying this prayer really, um, 
allow us to have eyes that can see Christ in others. Because it's only through humility, right, that we can actually see Christ in others. So when we're talking about the dignity of the vulnerable and um, the dignity of healing and all of these things, we have to first have an eye for the beauty within um, God's design for um, for us to serve our neighbor in this way. And, and sometimes it's really hard. Um, especially when it's not something we're used to, to, you know, do ministries where we're honoring, um, and caring for those that we might not agree with, or we might not understand, like, you know, it's so easy to blame people for being in situations that they're in, you know, with very narrow perspectives. Um, so humbling ourselves and having a heart that can truly see Christ in others, the Holy Spirit just sort of explodes um, and informs you and, and reveals to you a wisdom that doesn't necessarily come with just a narrow worldview. So this, this prayer is so beautiful to just allow you to enter into your day-to-day in complete humility, and it, it will change the way you see everyone around you. Yeah. Now, this one is the one that I highly recommend, you know, for those moms and dads, like where you wake up five minutes before everybody else, go ahead, pour yourself that cup of coffee and just sort of sit down and start your day with this one, I think is, it just puts things in perspective. It empowers me to um, do this ministry. Certainly, you know, just like the humility to, you know, just all of it. I love it. Great prayer. We'll have it on our, um, on our site. Yeah, I'll definitely link it here. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So number nine, this is got Kelly just written all over it, all over it. Read a life affirming book, each liturgical season books. So this is one that I wanted to make monthly, but, <laughs> but I think perhaps she's got enough. She's, she'll have the list ready for you for a weekly. <laughs> weekly. Yes. But uh, each liturgical season, I suppose is, is a good starting point. Um, yeah, there are so many, there are so many good books that are written by brilliant authors that help us to understand conversations surrounding the dignity of the human person that we may not have considered. I mean, there's apologetics books, there's stories about, um, you know, testimonies, people's experiences, autobiographies. There's so many, so much good stuff. Um, so I highly recommend, you know, as Catholics, there's so many conversations that I've entered into and people like, you know, yeah, I know we should be pro-life, but, um, I, uh, I think people, you know, like euthanasia, I don't really understand why that's wrong or probably if somebody's suffering and it's like, okay, have you read this book or have you considered this or have you thought about this? And it just might be an area of knowledge that you haven't yet explored. And so you're a little confused about the church's teaching and that's okay, but ignorance is an excuse. So this, this is an encouragement to just dig a little bit deeper and understand like the church's teaching about the dignity of the human person and how that relates to the individual topics that we are challenged with in today's culture, pornography, euthanasia, physician, physician assisted suicide, abortion, like all of those things. And I will put the list out. I, 
I yeah. would start rambling list, but then we wouldn't end the podcast. We, so I'm yeah. just going to limit that. We have one more to get to. So you I'll just go to the website. <laughs> Go on the website and check it out. I highly recommend all of them. <laughs> all right. And finally, number 10, listen to a podcast. Which listen to podcast. one. Hmm. <laughs> I think the number one podcast you should listen to is ours and you should share it with others. That's it. And Absolutely. that's it. So, yeah, no, so personal podcast, taking in, um, being in community, taking in, um, all of those different ideas, you know, and really just in social media in general, like who are you following, making sure that it's good quality, that you're taking in, that you're feeding your soul, right? What are you feeding your soul with? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, social media can be a, a gift and a great tool. Right. If we're not using it to perpetuate ignorance, lies, you know, uh, just crap, crap all up. Right. Absolutely. So, and if I were to add an 11, I would say, um, you know, so you're obviously being mindful of what you're taking in, but being mindful of what you're putting out on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're the good stuff. Hit, hit the pause button and think for 10 solid minutes about what you're about to post. (laughs) Right. That meme that has a, you know, when somebody's erasing what they wrote because the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Yeah. So then for your consideration, uh highly recommend all 10. Yeah, all 10. Absolutely. So everybody's preparing for the new year. We look forward to um, finding out which of these resolutions you are choosing. So let us know. Shoot us a message. We'd love to know how we are walking alongside you. Um, we're going to probably jump into all of these. I mean, all of these are, are things I'm, I'm challenging myself with. So we're doing it with you guys. And um, we'll talk to you next week.